Welcome to Talking Travel on 2NURFM. Greg Richard joined by Sally Lucas. Thanks for coming in once again, Sally. Thanks, Greg. Lovely to see you. Likewise. Now, today we're off to Africa. We're off to Africa, the eastern part of Africa, and uh, hopefully complete opposite Antarctica. Yep. And it's... maybe a little <laughs> bit on the Galapagos. We'll see what we can squeeze in. Right. So a bit of hot and cold today. Bit of hot and cold. It's Talking Travel on 2NURFM. And Sally, we're off to not just Africa, but East Africa today. Yes, to Kenya and Tanzania, which mm-hmm. I did, it must be 10 years ago now, Greg. Doesn't time slip by? I cannot believe yeah, it was that long ago. Well, I can't believe it's August already. I know. Isn't that <laughs> dreadful? But look, it is a wonderful part of Africa if you haven't done it. It's where you see what they call the Great Migration, where you get thousands upon thousands of wildebeest who migrate at, at yep. between usually between June and October. I thought you meant people at first. (laughs) Wild beasts. (laughs) Canoes, as they call them, or wildebeest. But actually, you'll have zebras do it with them as well. So it's quite fascinating to watch. And when you see them lining up, because once you go to see this happen, this area where the Great Migration is, it's, it's quite flat. You know, so it's a, like a, like the Nullarbor. It's almost like a big treeless plain. And the queue, as far as into the horizon as your human eyes can yeah. see, there is a queue of these animals waiting. And then they have to cross the river. And who's waiting in the river? Old our friend. Crocodiles. crocodiles. I was going to say so, alligators, but Yeah, crocodiles. they're crocodiles over there. So some get taken, so they have to take this risk of crossing the river yep. to get to greener pastures. And it's really quite fascinating to watch. And, of course, you've got other predators there as well that want to take yep. advantage of when they migrate. So if, if you've never been at that time of the year, it is quite spectacular. Um, in sort of June, July, it's more in the western corridors of the, this area. And then sort of in August, September, it's to the north. So you can get to see it in different parts depending on what time of year you're going. And that, of course, you can imagine is a photographer's delight oh, yeah. or dream to see that. Absolutely. Just wonderful. Also, you've got wonderful other national parks there, of course, which is the Maasai Mara. And, of course, you can get to go to a, a village of the Maasai Mara people. We had a, a Maasai Mara warrior, if you want to call him that, or person anyway, was our um, w- welcoming person on arrival yeah. at one of our hotels in the Maasai Mara. My God, you, you see how tall they are. I, looked, I was about half his height. <laughs> they are so tall. Amazing yeah. people. And I got to go to a village where you know they went and lived there their natural life and they do this incredible dance where they jump and it's like they've got springs on their feet it's quite unique to the Maasai people Mm. and when they do this dance and it was lovely to be part of watching all this and watch these performances so that is quite spectacular in itself Um, you've got other national parks which are beautiful one that not all companies seem to go to and I don't know why it's south of Nairobi called Tarangira and it's quite a wooded park so it's a much smaller national park than the the Serengeti and the Maasai Mara area but it's very treed which is different and it's got some of the most wonderful bird life and I just wished we'd had more time there we really only had a day but um, I would include that if it was me trying to get to that area. The Ngorongoro crater is amazing and when you think about it was once a volcano that you know blew up millions of years ago and you're left with this incredible crater which is so diverse and diverse with all the animals that you can see of course and the the one thing as I've mentioned before on the program Greg probably a few times now is that I I was going to see obviously the animals was my thing the fauna but the bird life is is unprecedented and so colourful I'd never seen so many beautiful birds And and since I've come home in the last 10 years I've been really a mad bird watcher 
Okay, now, yeah, yeah. you know, and I encourage birds in our own backyard and feed them and yep. all that sort of thing. So, yes, don't don't think you're just going there for what's on the ground. The, the you, bird, kind of, you kind of forget about the birds, don't you? You do sometimes, you do. I mean, I love elephants and to see just in their natural environment huge elephants with the little bubs behind, just tiny little yep. elephants hanging onto their tail with their trunk, you know, and you just you stop and you watch them cross the road and, and then you could be driving along and there's just a couple of lions strolling along beside you along, oh, along yep. your vehicle, you know, which is amazing. So we got to see, you know, all of the big five, of course, and the um, cheetahs are hard to see, but we did see one chasing a herd of um, deer, um, I that's think pretty it was. Amazing, yeah. yeah, but it mustn't have been all that hungry because it gave up. And the oh, gazelles, yeah. whatever, it was ran away and thought, oh, no, I can't be bothered running anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and leopards, again, can be harder to see, but they're usually in the trees because they can hide up in there and pounce on their yeah. prey. But we did see leopards as well. Oh, nice. And giraffes are so elegant. You know, you, you again, I fell in love with giraffes. Mm. And we were lucky enough, we went to this manor out of Nairobi called Giraffe Manor where you the giraffes have been, it was originally like an orphanage to rescue giraffes, but now it's become quite a tourist attraction. It was built by an English couple. So the actual hotel is this boutique two-storey, it's like an English manor. Yep. Just what it looks like, which looks out of place in yeah, Africa, yeah. of course. But the um, the giraffes come around and we had an upstairs room and you forget how tall they are. So they poke their head over the top of the balcony and they it's give just, you this food and you can yeah. feed them these pellets. But then you have breakfast with them in the morning. So you're sitting in the restaurant and they've got these huge floor-to-ceiling windows and the next thing a giraffe's got its head over your shoulder. Oh. <laughs> and it's just so beautiful eating some pellets out of your head. But the other animals I sort of fell in love with, and if you think about the Lion King, we probably didn't like them, was the warthogs, which are funny-looking creatures with their tusks. And because their tusks are so big, they have to bend down on their front knees, on their, at their joints, yep. to be able to eat. Because oh, otherwise yeah. the tusks are too long yep. for them to you know, so ground, what yeah. they used to do, they'd come around the balcony of the or the ledges of the window after the giraffes had probably spilt a few pellets. So they'd be up there on their bended front legs, legs yeah. t- getting all the crumbs. All the scraps, yeah, yeah. So they were quite cute in the end. <laughs> the wild dogs, you know, by the side of the road, the hyenas, like we saw so much. Um, the, and the birds, as I said, this secretary bird, they call it, because it looks, it's got like it's got pants and a, and a a jacket on and it's black and white and it's tall, big bird and it runs really fast. So you just see some amazing sights. So yep. if you've never done East, I mean, South Africa is beautiful as well. I'm not going to say anything against South, but East is different. Um, yeah. you, you do see some different animals there and different landscapes. That's the that's the thing, I think. And to go to that in Gorongara Crater is just amazing. You can do a wonderful balloon flight over the Serengeti. You know, all of the lodges in that are, are delightful. They're all in African style. You know, so it's it's just one of those, I think, experiences that will, will live with you for a yep. long time. So if you're especially an animal lover, that seems to be the place to go to. Yeah, well, if you're an animal lover, um, and, and of course South Africa is the same, but again, once you get more to the south, you've got wonderful Victoria Falls. You know, you've got yep. a greener space, a greener area, whereas a lot of East Africa is quite dry and dusty, yep. so keep that in mind. But you don't want to go there in the wet season because the wet, it's really not very nice. Yeah. So you've really got to go in the, the dry season, which is June, basically round about June to October. Right. Uh, March, April, May, you get a lot of rain, so that wouldn't be a wise time to go. But if you do want to see the migration of the wildebeest, yes, that sort of late June or June-ish, July into August is the time if you want to see that migration, which is quite, David Attenborough you know, is, explains it as one of those wonderful things in the world to get to see that yeah. many animals, um, thousands upon thousands. It's just, it's just amazing. 
And that's pretty usual. Start probably about thinking about booking it now or? Next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah if you're looking at ne- yeah, for next year yeah. for sure. And even I was having a quick look at some of the programs yesterday. Like some of them are booked out already, some departure dates. Oh, yeah, right. So, you know, it's next year. Well, you think we just said it's August. This, yeah. It's only around the corner. Yeah, true. So really you've got to start thinking now. For next year, definitely. It's nearly two. You know, you have to think two years ahead sometimes with travel. Well, you do, with the Antarctic, you do. It books out at least two years ahead. A lot of the the trips going down south. Yeah. So yeah, people just want to do it, and they they get in early, and that's what we say now. Look, a lot of these people have got their departure dates out up to twenty twenty five, because this is what's happening. Twenty twenty four spilling, so you know they're pushing it out. Whereas once upon a time, you could only ever book a year ahead. Yeah. True. Yeah. You know, there was just no availability. There was no one had worked out their programs or anything. You still can't book flights, though. Um, The way airline computers work or airline services is that they can only have 11 months. Like, you can't have two Decembers in the computer. So, for example, now you couldn't book for August next year. You'd be able to book up till July for your flights. But you can certainly lock in your land arrangements and so make you, sure you don't miss out. So you get your flights 11 months before you have to yes. go. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 11 months, just well, to confuse everyone. Right. right. Okay, well, <laughs> I am confused already, Sally, which is not only hard. But <laughs> it's talking travel on to when you are FM, and we've looked at East Africa, and now we're off to well, something completely different, the Antarctic. I know, it's a complete antithesis, isn't it, of what we've just talked about? We've done a big 180 and gone from hot to cold. We have, we have. And I thought this time we'd talk about it seasonally as to when is the the better time to go. Mm -hmm. And as we were just discussing, um, Greg, even off air, you really need to get at least 18 months, if not two years in advance. Antarctica does just book out, you know, so quickly. Um, And you've got to remember that most of the year conditions are inhospitable, so you can only really go there between November and March. Right, okay. So So it's not like you can go there all year round because it's all iced up, you know. You've got like a a smallish window. A smallish window. Um, And, of course, you've got about 20-odd hours of daylight in summer, so it's really weird, you know. You sort of, it's almost like the sun goes down, the moon comes up, then the sun's up again before you can can blink an eye. But each month provides its own window, if you like, of weather and and wildlife. So it means, depending on what you're interested in and to what you want to see, you know, if you want to see fluffy penguin chicks just hatched, hatched after their natural habitat and so on. So I just thought we'd talk a little bit about that now. So if you go at the start of the season, which is November, you're still going to get a lot of intact sea ice and, and massive ice flows, which are quite, you know, amazing to see. Yep. But even when I went there in, in December, tw- can you believe that was 20 years ago this year? I still can't even believe that. You still get a lot of the, the ice flows, but they're breaking up. They just look, you look at, you're going down this inlet and you think, how are we going to get out of here? Like I was thinking, like I'm Shackleton. I'm thinking, <laughs> where, where, where's the escape route? Yeah, yeah. You know, all I could see was ice. Yeah, yeah. You know, but these vessels are designed, obviously, to, to cut it's through, right. and yep. they're not cutting through solid ice. They're cutting through ice flows. Yeah. So it, it is different. Um, and again, you've got to think about how long you want to go for. Do you just want to do the Antarctic Peninsula, or do you want to take in the sub-Antarctic islands of South Georgia and the Falklands? And and they're seasonal in, in their own account as well, because they're yeah further north north um, east of the Antarctic okay. Peninsula. Yep. Um, so, yes, if you go early, it's um, it, it's photogenic, it's beautiful. Um, you can sort of look like the ship is, if you like, parked on frozen ice. You just see the ship looks like it's sitting on top of the ice virtually. Yep. Um, but it's a good time if people love to do cross-country skiing because they've got all these options now that you didn't have 20 years ago where you can do, you know, mountain climbing, you know, oh, yeah, the mountains. Yeah. You can do uh, scuba diving. With, you right. have these special wetsuits. So mountain des- climbing? 
yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. There's quite a couple of big mountains in Antarctica. I just, I just, honestly, I just think it's just a big, big thing. White flat, no. It probably is if you went down towards where Mawson's Hut is. That's more like going direct from Australia. But when you go down to the peninsula, which you get to from South America, the tip of South America, no, it's quite diverse. Right, yep. Yeah, so it's quite different. And it was once volcanic, you've got to remember as well, Mm. even though Arctic still is, Antarctic isn't. But you left at Deception uh, Island, where one of the ones you go to, you can go for a swim because it's still got the thermal bubbling up okay. underneath like natural thermal pools. So you can actually d- duck in and swim in the warm water as so long as you've got some very warm clothing for when you duck out. <laughs> yep. um, but uh, so November, as I said, you've got that time where you've, you're seeing everything just starting to happen and, and seeing by October and November, the Falklands, they're starting to get their spring blooms starting to happen there because it's a little bit further away, as I said. December, that's this, the official start of summer where the days are longer and you get all these resident marine mammals like orcas and the penguin rookeries are bustling. Um, you'll see females waddling about with eggs even balanced on top of their feet. Uh, check, chicks will begin to hatch around mid-month, but you don't see as many as if you were going to wait till January. You'll see a plethora of these baby yeah. chicks. And, and the dads do a lot of building the nest. They go and get the stones, and you'll often see them walking around with stones in their beaks and building the, the nest for the, for the new bubs to come. Mm. And they hide them in underneath their, their, their fur or their oh, feathers, yeah. their feathers rather, because they're just little furry brown chicks yep. to think they end up becoming black and white penguins yes. it looks incongruous but you know it's amazing so that really is a nice time to go um and of course the um over in south georgia december mar- um sort of marks the peak mating season for the king penguins so you don't get king penguins on the antarctic peninsula but you get them over on the falklands so you get mainly that what they call the gen 2 the adelie penguins and you get all sorts of seals crab eater seals leopard seals you get whales you get beautiful dolphins and i was uh, on a rubber zodiac and you go out cruising off the vessel each day and some people had decided to go ashore and do a walk because you have different options yeah and i couldn't see we we had a whale round us and we knew that and the next thing it's come up and its nose has just slid up out of the water in front of the bow of the zodiac and i I wasn't even quick enough to get a photo because it was before (laughs) mobile phones yeah so you know you have to line your camera up but i saw it i mean i knew what happened (laughs) but the people on the on the doing the walk said did you realize that that whale we were watching went down and underneath that massive question of it had come up. Oh. I don't know. It went underneath and <laughs> came up the other side, which I didn't know. Yeah. But they're such gentle giants. And, and I guess in that area of the world, even though they were, I guess, whaled upon once upon a time, it was a long time ago. And, mm. and these current, I guess, you know, a lot of whales, of course, have never known that. Yeah. So they're feeling quite quite protected. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then you've got February, which is after two months of near endless summer, your pack high starts to weaken significantly then. And you can get to some historic sites as well, which is interesting, um, like with the likes of people like Scott Ross and Munson and Shackleton have been to. So, yeah, look... I, I would say if you wanted to pick the best time, to me, when you're seeing the chicks and a lot of other marine life, I'd look at January, February, yep. or late December into January, February to me, rather than the beginning and end of the season where it, it, you're not... We never know with climate change and with weather, you know, when the ice might break up yep. or when you're going to see less when the animals start migrating again. So I'm just saying to, to get the best out of it, from my point of view, yep. I, I'd say look at end of December right. through to, you know, maybe mid-February would be with the ideal right. time.
Yeah. So it's even a smaller window now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, that's, that's, well, I am giving you a smaller window, aren't I? So, mm. but we were so lucky though. We had perfect weather that year we went. We only had one day where we couldn't go ashore because the wind was up and it was only one morning by the time we'd cruised around to the next bay, the wind had yep, dropped, dropped and it was fine. Um, we didn't get really cold. We only got down to about minus five, which I thought was quite warm for Antarctica for mm. su- summer. Yeah. But you, you can get minus 27 in Whistler at that time of year. Okay, yeah, right. Skiing. Yeah. Yeah, so minus five in Antarctica was, was pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. No, <laughs> it's quite warm, actually. <laughs> very very animal-based today is talking travel. I, well, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yes, it has <laughs> been, hasn't it? You can tell where my favour lies, can't you? <laughs> It is Talking Travel on 2NURFM and to wrap us up for another week, Sally, got a couple of hot deals there for us. Just a couple today, yeah. We were talking Africa, weren't we, earlier, Greg? And I thought I'd let you know there is a wonderful, if you're interested in doing that type of travel, a 20-day wildlife journey to Kenya and Tanzania. Now, there are departures from January to October next year, but as as I mentioned, again, if you want to see the um, the migration of the wildebeest, you're better to go in that middle part of the year. Um, But there are other times of year when, early on, where they have the carving is happening with all the young, the animals, you know, having their calves. Yep. And that's when you get a lot more of the predators because oh, they yeah, yeah. so you'll see more of that. But if yep. you're not into seeing wildlife being killed, I mean, it's the circle of life <laughs> and they all have to live. But yep. yeah, so there are varying different times. But it's a wonderful itinerary. I've had a good look at it. Um, you are doing you know, everything that we were sort of talking about today and even more actually than I talked about today. But mm. you go to Lake Nakuru and that's where you see all the wonderful flamingos. You know, because oh, yeah, nice. they turn pink because of what they eat, as you yep. probably know. And it's where you see what they're almost gone now. We were lucky. We saw the black rhino and, and the the white rhino was nearly extinct now. There's only yeah. a couple left, which is so, so sad. So, you know, if you are interested, you know, the, these horrible poachers that have been getting in for years and they're still trying to control yep. them, as you know. But, yeah, get there as soon as, as you, you can, can I'd yeah. say, because, you know... <laughs> Who knows? It's one of those things, isn't it? Um, Now, if you're interested in South Africa, there is another – this is just a little 11-day itinerary, but it's quite nice if you haven't got that 20-day duration and you want to go somewhere that's maybe a little little greener and a little bit different where you will get to see what they call the smoke that thunders, which is Victoria (laughs) Falls. And if you're there when it is really coming down, you can hear – like it does, it sounds – and you've got all this, of course, the vapour and the coming up off it. So it does look like this – that's what the natives used to call it, you know, the smoke that thunders. (laughs) But you you go to the wonderful place of Cape Town and you still go to some national parks, etc. And there's a a group tour of that departing on the 29th of April next year, which is a lovely time because South Africa, same seasons as us. As you know, that autumn time is such a pleasant time of the year as a general rule of thumb. So that's there and you get 10 nights accommodation and you get a Zambezi River sunset cruise and a lot of other inclusions, a Winelands tour, a full day Cape tour, game drives, etc. Now that's under 5,000. This is land only you just have to buy your best airfare to go with that okay but it's really a nice itinerary Uh, if you want to do Cambodia and Vietnam in style you can save up to 1520 per cabin on a 13 night fly cruise stay 10 to 23 June next year. Now, this is a lovely itinerary where you're flying into Ho Chi Minh City, or Saigon, as some people still like to call it. You're having three nights there, and then you're doing a seven-night cruise on a luxury vessel, the Mekong Princess, which is delightful. It only takes 28 passengers, 14 suites, a lot of timber. It's beautifully fitted out, and all your meals are included on that, of course, and then you finish up in Cambodia, and you have three nights in Siem Reap as well. Right, perfect. So that's a lovely itinerary with those savings of up 
up to uh, 15 20 per cabin on that. So keep that one in mind. And if you're a real enthusiast with walking, mm-hmm. there's so many walks you can do in Tasmania. And again, depending on the time of year you go as to which one you should do when. Yep. But just to let you know, just to give you an idea, you've got the Bay of Fires, which is a four-day walk. The Three Capes, which is a walk out of um, Hobart, or just out of Hobart. You go south down near Port Arthur and you do this lovely walk all along um, the Capes, which are these steep cliffs. It's beautiful scenery and lovely mm-hmm. to do. You've got the Tarkine, which is the wonderful, magnificent rainforest down in the southwest. Cradle Mountain, which everyone, of course, loves to do that area of the yep. world, which is spectacular. Um, Lake Pedda and the southwest, and also Freycinet, which is where you have the lovely wine glass bay, etc. That's another nice walk you can do. Mariah Island, you can go there. Bruni Island as well, and Flinders Island. So there's lots of walks available in Tassie, and again, Talk with your travel agent or, you know, if you're looking at the walking adventure website because there'll be recommended times of year that you do each of those walks, of course, yep. with the weather. Of course. Yeah. My brother was in Tasmania last month. Oh, was he? Yeah, and he said it wasn't too bad. It's it was, fabulous. It was, I love it. Said, I said, oh, temperature-wise. Oh, for temperature-wise, yeah. 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 yeah, I've got friends down there this weekend. Actually, he's gone down for a 60th and celebrated oh, nice. with all his family and he's really looking forward to it and ducking across to Mona and, you know, just, just flitting in around Hobart because it's just a little five-day jaunt, yeah. you know, just to celebrate his birthday with his family. But now, yeah, if you rug up, I mean, I've been to Tassie in November and it's been nongin. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. you know, sometimes in winter it might not get any colder. It's a it's a state of all seasons, but a lot of them can be quite cold. Okay. <laughs> I think you have the majority of cooler weather than you do, you do hot. hot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. But that's okay. It's better for travelling, I think, Yeah, and travelling in the heat. And it's also something different as well. Yeah, because we don't really get an extreme winter no, here. I mean, we all whinge about it being cold, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not really when you think about the weather we've had in the last week or so. No, it's been cold mornings and beautiful cold afternoons. Cold mornings, but, yeah. yeah, but lovely days. So mm. just, just brilliant. You know, we've been lucky. <laughs> so, Sally Lucas, thank you very much. Thanks, we'll Greg. Catch you next time. we Will do. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.